Yo, 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 how's everybody doing? Keith Ferrante here, coming to you from my house. Wanted to process with you guys some statements that the Lord began to just put in my spirit a few, little, little just a little bit ago, and <clears throat> posted it and online, and it created a little bit of a uh, buzz, and people were asking me to break it down a little bit more. So here I want to do it. I want to talk about first the first statement, prophets. I want to talk about prophets today and highly prophetic people. Now there's prophetic people, then there's prophets, but I'm going to talk a little more specifically to prophets. Prophets are not pastors. This is something that became really clear to me in this last season. Guys, I think... I, I said it. I said it like this. I was talking to um, someone that came to one of my uh, recent events, and they were kind of like, "What's going on right now? Is there going to be any teaching? Is there?" There was a bunch of encounters happening. God was doing a bunch of stuff. There was a bunch of wild, explosive breakthroughs happening from different prophets that were a part of our emerging prophet world, and and. This person was having a little bit like a, a challenge. This person is a seer. They see, they, but they were, you know, still having their own little challenge. And so uh, with with this expression, and, and you know what? I was, I was just kind of, I, I went to ask them how they were doing. There was someone that I knew, a uh, business person, and they, and they were, you know, ask, they kind of had deer in their headlight looks and just a little bit of afraid and like, what's going on? Is this service okay to be in? And I'm like, bro. You're meant to be flying with the eagles, but you're used to walking with the turkeys. You are trying to be, uh, you want to be a seer, but you want it to be safe. And I said, prophets are eagles, dude. They fly like most of our church cultures create turkeys, create safety, create parameters, create guys and, 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 and you know, we need to gather with the saints. We need the saints. And there's a time where, you know, every meeting isn't led by, by prophets. But, but prophets are not pastors. They're not meant to be nice and safe. Okay? Now, prophets can pastor. Separate the difference there. Prophets can pastor. What's it mean to pastor? That word pastor in most churches is not actually about their fivefold gifting in Ephesians 4. It's more about the title of leadership in the church. Prophets can lead in local churches. But I want to get more over to the fivefold portion. Prophets are not pastors. Apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, um, you, you know, prophets. Like prophets are not, they're not, prophets are not the fivefold grace of pastor. And for so long, we tried to make prophets pastors. Or prophets, teachers. I could go over to apostles, the same thing. We, we love to hear apostles if they're a nice teacher. But what if you got this apostle, or this prophet? A teacher is not really their main gift. They're not really like line by line, correct, like make everyone feel like everything's being explained correctly. Pastor them. What does it mean to pastor someone? Okay, let's create safety. That's great context. I think, first of all, our, we have a wrong definition of what 
New Covenant pastors and teachers are because they should be functioning on the foundation of prophets and apostles. But for so often we have pastors and teachers as the foundation of the church. And what does that create? Safety. Logic, logical explanations for everything. Guys, God built his, his, his government on the apostolic prophetic foundations. And I've never seen a prophet in scripture that was just this nice, polished person that never confronted things, that never dealt with things, that just was all nice to religious people, all nice to political people and political spirits. We're supposed to be nice to people in government, but not to the political spirit. We're supposed to be nice to the church, but not the religious spirit. Prophets confront religion. I want you to understand this because, guys, I've, I have a whole world of training prophets to be healthy, to be relationally healthy, to be emotionally healthy, to be sensitive, to not just blunder their way into meetings and into worlds and the cultures and the businesses and the churches and just try to like blurt out and try to be unhealthy and try to be weird. I'm all about healthy prophets, but okay. There comes a point, guys. I think for so long, we've seen unhealthy prophets, so we've swung the pendulum to now we don't got no fire in our prophets. Where's the fire of our prophets? Where's the fire? God raised up prophetic fire. He raised up prophets not to be pastors, not to sit around and try to get the sheep all, okay, let's make sure the sheep are safe. Are you in the fold? Everything. No, prophets and apostles are meant to get people out of the fold. Meant to get them engaged in battle. Meant to get them in their workplace to dial up heaven. Meant to get them in their family to, to deal with the demonic in the family. The demonic in their workplace. The demonic in government. The demonic in the church. The religious spirits. The political spirits. The, the control. The manipulation. Prophets eat snakes for lunch. They're not pastors. Now, I've seen some powerful pastors. I've been pastored by powerful five-fold pastors. I've had, you know, numbers of years where I walked with Danny Silk and I tasted of how a healthy, prophetic pastor could, uh, you know, could, could, could operate. Like Danny would confront stuff in love. He, would, he was not, he didn't just, he didn't let the fear of man rule. He... Uh, he, he, you know, he helped, you know, in, in my wife and I's early journey, uh, along with Chris Valentin, um, I was being pastored and profited, <laughs> prophet, prophet and pastor. And they were, you know, speaking into me and, and there was love in both of them, but it was confrontive. I remember one time Chris Valentin asked me, he said, Keith, do you want, do you want a pastor or a prophet right now from me, from Chris Valentin? Chris and Danny, you know, best friends and they both had caught each other's grace. Chris had a lot of love and kindness, but he was strong. And Danny had a prophetic and, 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 and love but he, and care, but he was strong too. And I saw a healthy version. But so often we try to make our prophets a people-pleasing pastor type person, a people-pleasing teacher type person. Sometimes, guys, you have prophets in, I, I, I get it, like us. Like, you, you know, you're running a local church. A lot of local churches are run by administrators, pastors, teachers. They might even try to call themselves an apostle, but I'm like, okay, if you're an apostle, where's the acts of the apostle? Where's the power of the apostle? 
Where's the kingdom advancement of the apostles? Apostles are not gatherers like, listen, the Lord, Lord told, you know, his apostles, wait. And then you're endued in power. And then once you're due with power, go, 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 Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. What happens? They wait. The power falls in Jerusalem. They start having this great church meetings. All these people getting saved. Lots and lots and lots of stuff happening. But they don't go. They stay in Jerusalem. They're supposed to go to Judea, Samaria. So what happens? There has to be persecution. Persecution has to get the saints in action. But the sad thing was the apostles stayed in Jerusalem and took the evangelists to leave. Philip left. Persecution sent him out. Stephen, you know, he was martyred. Philip goes out and he starts doing it. And then finally the apostles come. The evangelist goes and then they bring in the apostles and Peter and John and they confront. They confront. Peter and John were both prophetic apostles. They were both heavenly encounters and I would call them two different prophetic type of personalities. More of your, your, your you know, uh, apostles, but prophetic you know like Barnabas Barnabas and Paul Barnabas was a prophet and then an apostle so I believe you could have both but I want you to see that God, it, how much did it take to eventually apostle you know like John and, and, and Peter go and take the territory they're supposed to take they confronted like the evangelist doesn't confront Simon the sorcerer is able to get saved and in the context but it it takes the apostles and the prophets to see the demonic that's trying to creep up in the body of Christ. Woo! I've seen this, guys. I've seen this. And problem is we want church to be safe. How do you know churches, your church is, is, is not built on apostolic prophetic foundations? Now, you, this might shake up a few roughly feathers. People might get a little bit offended. It's safe. Everyone's comfortable. We make sure everyone understands everything. We make sure everyone's going, you know, right where, you know, like they, we explain it step by step. But listen, the apostolic, the prophetic is the grace of God to take new territory in heaven and on earth. Prophets bring in the new things of heaven. Look at the Old Testament and the New Testament. They were martyred. We somehow feel like today that the apostles and prophets are going to have a different story. And we look at people that have big churches, big movements, big networks, can grow multiple churches. Oh, they're an apostle. No, the marks of an apostle. Signs and wonders. Kingdom revelation. And you're going to have some persecution. Now, for so long, we expected persecution. And, and you know what? There was a lot of prophets and, uh, and, and uh, you know, apostles that, that got persecution just by the nature of not being very relationally healthy. So I do spend a lot of time trying to get the prophets and, 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 and apostles to be healthy relation, including my own journey. I've had a journey. But let me tell you something, guys. You can be healthy as all get out. You can love the body of Christ. You can love the people of God. You can be in local church. I've... I've, I've I've, I've always been in local church, though different times people say things about me in local church. And let me just say this, guys. Prophets are going to create uncomfortableness in local church. 
You got to get healthy first. You got to learn to love people. But eventually you're going to, you should have the fire of God inside of you. And it should cause confrontation with demonic agendas of compromise and religion and lukewarmness. If you have a mandate like John the Baptist or Elijah, now not all prophets are the same, but if you have a fire mandate, you are not going to settle with religion. You're going to want to shake stuff up. Now, I'm not called to shake stuff up everywhere. I don't have an assignment everywhere. So I go into a lot of places where there is religion. There is political spirits. And it's not my time to deal with it. There is control. There is manipulation. There is seduction. And I can love people where they're at. And I can love situations where they're at. But if I have permission, if I have an assignment, I will deal with stuff, guys, in love. But when you deal with it, you can be kind. You can be sweet. Guys, I can be, I can be all like, hi, how you doing? So good to see you. Hey, by the way. What's going on there? I can ask it in a question form, which is, which is a pastoral way of doing it, questions. Prophets are a little more direct, but I've learned to have a pastoral framework, but I've learned when you have the, 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 the sword that exposes the motives of the heart. Hebrews 4 talks about the sword of the spirit will divide the, the, the soul and the spirit and soul and soul, spirit and spirit, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kind of weed out stuff that isn't kingdom of God. Like, I can say it. It doesn't matter. I don't have to shout it. I can say it. Now, I shout a lot because I'm passionate. And I'm Italian and I just love it. I love, come on, I just, but the part of that's my fire and my, the passion of God. Like Jeremiah says, the word is in me. It's like a fire. It's like a hammer that will crush the Lord wants to crush the works of the enemy. And sometimes I fear like we have raised up prophets to try to fit into pastoral, teacher, administrator cultures. And guys, that's why we have the problems in the nations that, we, that we're a part of. The nations, like guys, that's why we have the problems because we got, we're too compliant. Elijah would not tolerate Jezebel. Revelation 2 to Church of Thyatira, it says you tolerate that woman Jezebel, and, 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 and it's, it was a woman in, in those two instances, Old Testament and New, but the Jezebel spirit's not female. It's, it's trying to shut down the value system of heaven. It's trying to create immoral value systems, controlling, uh, it tries to control and manipulate and shut down things, and it needs the prophets because the prophets will not put up with Jezebel. Now, I, I've walked with the Jezebel type of people uh, well, people that have those tendencies inside of them, like at, at the high level in business, high level in government, high level in church, and, and, and at all levels of all those scenarios. And I can love them. I can see, oh, there's an orphan there. They need to be loved. They don't trust. And, and I try to wrap my arms around them. I'm not just calling them a Jezebel. I don't call people Jezebels. But I have occasionally seen a Few of those get to the point where it's, you have to kind of call it what it is. You have to confine it a little bit stronger. I'm not trying to just create confrontation everywhere, but I just, I, want, I just feel like we've shifted too far as we've tried to get prophets healthy, as prophets have started emerging. And I just want to re recognize that prophets do not cater to religion. You can be as nice as you can be in a church scenario and you're still going to cause a stirring up of things. 
That is not right. Prophets will not allow sexual immorality to come in. They will not allow deceptive, manipulative motives to start leaking the way into leaderships and all of that. And we need to respect the prophets, guys. And if you're a pastor, you need to begin to make room. If you're someone that runs a local church, you need to begin to make room for the prophets. If you're someone that runs a business or you're in government, make room for the prophets. Listen to them. Part of the reason why prophets are not healthy is because we don't have a place for them. We don't have a value system for them. We don't know how to handle them. And we're all upset when they come in a little bit over the top. And we don't know how to like coach them. I'm always coaching the prophets. I say, hey, you know what? Bring it down a little bit. A little bit too much fire there. In the wrong place. Some people will come blazing, a, blazing at me. It's like, Keith, this, that, this. They'll try to like, I'm like, hey, calm it down. Calm it down. I want to hear you. I want to hear you. Just, just, just learn how to package what you're saying. Like, don't come out. Everyone's the bad guy. Everyone's, the, everyone's against me. I'm against everyone. No, I believe healthy prophets should recognize that uh, and, 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 be, and be at a function in community. Be it a not always have to be the big prophet, not always have to be saying something, confronting something. You should be able to have regular connections, healthy connections. You should have a healthy marriage if you're married. Your kids should love you. You should have a great heart of connection. But it isn't easy, though, on the other hand, to be a strong prophet like myself, to have the fire of God, to have a strong passion for justice. This is right. This is wrong. This is God's value system. This is not. And I can walk in places with perfect love. I love you all, but listen, compromises in the house, deceptions in the house. That person should not be in leadership. That person's unhealthy. And guys, you know why? I've, I've seen, I see oftentimes, even in the prophet circles, you got so many unhealthy prophets. Why? Because you got a bunch of pastors leading the prophets. You need prophets and apostles to lead prophets. Yes. Prophets can submit to the fivefold grace of pastor in a local setting. But listen, it's going to be challenging because a prophet sees what God is saying and what God wants to do and how God wants to build a culture and how God wants to structure. And they can see when a building structure, a, key, a governmental, like how, how a business is built, how a church is built. How, how a political system is built, whether it's built on deception, whether it's built on manipulation, whether it's built with the wrong people. And they can see that because prophets are not just encouragers. We've mixed it up, guys, for so long. We've tried to make our prophets all encouraging, all exhorter-ish, all comfort-ish. No, I've never been around a prophet that made me comfortable for very long. They would deal with my crap. They would call me out on my stuff. They were loving. And I have many of my mentors over the, you know, Chris Valentin, you know, is for a number of years was a, a, a close mentor. And then this last season, it's been people like Dano and Wendell and, and, and apostles like Georgian that have been close in, in the close, you know, like monthly kind of mentoring of me. And, and, and they're very loving, but they provoke me. Sometimes they call out my issues. Sometimes they provoke me to rise up and be more of a prophet. Keith, you're not a pastor. You're not a teacher. You're a prophet and prophets confront. And Keith, you need to confront and you can't come under that spirit anymore. You can't come under that, that little thing that says, hey, you need to submit to this and you need to come under that. Guys, I believe in submission, but then there's sometimes people leveraging the word submission to try to steal the fire of the prophet. 
the prophetic fire that actually will bring breakthrough to a region, breakthrough to an organization, breakthrough to systems that are out of alignment. God needs his prophets to be prophets. And I'm coming strong today, guys, because I'm trying to bring a little bit of an adjustment here. Now, those of you that are just unhealthy and you like to tell people off and you're not in any local connections, you don't have healthy mentors, your family's not healthy, I'm not talking to you. You need to get over and get healthy and get into some of our emerging profit worlds, into a healthy local community of believers. You need to learn how to do relationships. Guys, prophets need pastors in their life. I need to operate in the grace of a pastor, which means I care about people. I want people to come into healthy relationships, like, like a little bit more like of a Barnabas. Barnabas had a little more of a pastoral grace. He had a reconciliation spirit. But I want you to recognize this. Barnabas had the grace of a pastor, but he was a prophet, and then he became an apostle prophet. <clears throat> and Barnabas could confront, but he fought for relationships. He fought for Paul when Paul was unhealthy. And when the church didn't believe in Paul, he, cre he was strong and powerful enough to go to the apostles that were scared of Paul and go to Paul, who the apostles were scared of, and say, you need each other. That was no job of a pastor. That was a job of a prophet. He could see the potential in a leader that had been uh, <coughs> uh, uh, killing off the church and putting him in prison. He could see God redemption. That a pastor... Maybe a healthy pastor, a healthy five-fold pastor could do that, but I would say that's a little bit more on the prophet realm. Prophets deal with questionable people and say, we need this person. That's why, I, I, you know, <clears throat> you think about it, guys. You think about it in, for, for America, for instance. For America, I know people watching from other places or listening from other places, but, you know, back to the, you know, the controversial conversation of Donald Trump. Donald Trump ruffled lots of feathers and then people loved him. Why? Because he had more, we call him, he had a, he had a Romans 12 gift of prophet. Redemptive gift of prophet. Very confrontive, going after injustice, black and white. And that ruffled up all the mercies, all the mercy redemptive gifts, all the teachers and all the administrators. He's not making that nice and clean. And he comes in and he begins to, well, he's operating more like a prophet, guys. And it begins to expose all the foundations that are off. And it's not pretty. And you got people like Lance Wall now that says, hey, God, this is God's wrecking ball for political correctness. And then the church is all upset about it. Why? Because we don't understand prophets. Lance is a prophet. Uh, Donald Trump, whether he's a prophet or not, he has the redemptive gift of prophet. And he's probably operating like a prophet in that he's trying to deal with injustice. And yeah, he's not perfect. Have you ever seen a prophet in the Bible that was all perfectly clean and polished? Did you ever see a king in the Bible perfectly polished? Jehu got the prophet grace on him from the 007 prophet in 2 Kings 9. He... He is a commander and he gets anointed as king. He don't do some nice politically correct thing. What does Jezebel try to do? Create political correctness? She sees him coming from afar. That Look at that wicked person. 
Like there's people being sent out, messengers to to Jehu, do come in peace. And Jehu says, what, what, what are you talking about? How can there be peace when Jezebel is ruling? Guys, the immediate fruit of a healthy new covenant prophet is not always peace. Sometimes it's war. Sometimes it's spiritual war. Sometimes it stirs up battle. And we've got to stop. So, oh, I don't know if this province of God, he created tension and there was no tension before he came in. Listen, guys, when I first had Chris Ballatin come into my church 20 some years ago, uh, 2000, about year, around year 2000, so 23 years ago, he didn't say anything divisive. He was loving. He spoke some stuff to me personally about what needed adjustments in our church leadership. But he said a very loving message. Everyone loved him. It was great. But you know what? Heaven showed up because when the prophets come, heaven shows up. And the next day, all hell broke loose. Offense started coming out in our church and division and people that were, my own best friends turned against me. Like the leadership started like cracking down. And people started turning against the prophet. Well, until the prophets came, we had peace. I said, no. We never had peace here. We always had division here. Before I was pastoring, there was division and church splits and gossip and all sorts of unhealthy. The prophet just put enough fire into the place because of the, the, the nature of who they are as a person, not even what they said, but the nature of who they are, that it shook the foundations and all the snakes came running out. All the division that had always been there came running out and then we can blame the prophets. Ah, it's the prophets. No. Prophets will not deal with snakes. They expose them. They can be loving, but snakes will get exposed. Demonic lies will be confronted. What's a snake? A long lie from the devil. Scorpions. What's scorpions? Sh- uh, words. And, and remember, Jesus told his apostles, hey, snakes and scorpions will not harm you. You will trample them. In the physical and in the spiritual. Remember P- Apostle Paul that built a literal fire on an island? A snake comes out and bites them. Sometimes when you build a fire, a snake's going to try to bite you. People are going to try to, the demonic in them will come out at you. Guys, I work with CEOs. Sometimes they will snap back at me and bite me. I could be nice. I could be asking a question that, what are you doing, Keith? Why are you saying that? Who do you think you are? What, how can you confront me? Are you, this, these methods are not, uh, you know, like I, I'm not used to being treated this way. I'm like, hey. You want to walk the journey with a prophet? I'm going to get you healthy. I'm going to love you and you're going to get free and your foundations and your business in your church in the government are going to be built on kingdom foundations. But I don't can't guarantee if whether it's going to be a smooth ride or not. It's going to be smooth if you, if you embrace it. The smoothest it will be is you embrace it even if there creates some tension around you for a while. I've seen some CEOs walk with me and God just, their whole business got undone. Because there was a bunch of affairs and unhealthiness and deception and funk and manipulation and people vying for the money and all this sort of stuff. And all I was seeing was, okay, I got to, I cannot help but see that junk. Now, some people say, oh, Keith, aren't we looking for the gold? Yes, prophecy looks for the gold. But the prophets deal with correction, direction. And yes, the primary language to still be encouraging. I'm an encourager. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a reconciler. My heart, I love to see people come. I love to see the best in people. I call out their identity. I call it the good. But then there's stuff I'm called to deal with. 
And God is raising up a breed of prophets today that will not put up with the political spirit. They'll not put up with the religious spirit. They'll not put up with all sorts of false stuff trying to shut them down. Do you come in peace? Can't you be at peace? Oh, you need to submit. You need to be quiet. You're not healthy. You're this. You know, sometimes people say you're not healthy because they can't control you. Sometimes people say you're not submissive because they're afraid of your power. Some people say... You're not, you know, you're, you're, all, all sorts of things, guys, because you won't submit. It's like Esther and Mordecai. Mordecai was a loving father. He had a dear, loving heart for Esther. And he loved his people that were going to get annihilated by a Jezebel spirit in the form of um, Haman who had manipulated his way and used money to get his way to the top of the political system. And what did Mordecai would not stand for it. He was a man of prayer. Guys, sometimes you get accused of not being loving because you won't stand for a demonic agenda. You won't stand for things that are out of alignment. You won't stand for control and funk and you'll get positioned. Uh, Mordecai was getting positioned like, I'm going to kill him. Haman wanted to kill him. He was, he, was, he was trying to make everyone think he was unhealthy. But, you know, Mordecai was like a modern day Lou Engel with, with, with you know, his authority in a different position with this, I will not be silent until something shifts, until some, that spirit of Elijah was on Mordecai. And Mordecai had to call sweet Esther. Come on, Esther. You got a mercy gift. You're, you're sweet. You care and you love people and you don't want to confront. You've got to confront. Use your hospitality gift to do it. But you've got to speak up and you've got to address that. See, listen, the prophets will cause the leaders in government, the leaders in church, the leaders in our systems, our education systems and family to, that are out of order to start coming into order. And we need some prophets to rise up. Come on. Woot, woot. Rise up. And I feel the fire. Do you feel the fire, guys? This is not a politically correct message because we're not supposed to be politically correct. Politically correct means be nice. Let demonic agenda come past. We're just supposed to love everybody. No, I love everybody, but I do not tolerate wickedness. I love everybody and I can love sinners. Jesus loves sinners and I can love people with bondage. But if they're trying to grow that bondage and, and grow it to come over a bunch of people, they're trying to legislate bondage, they're letting like de demonic manipulations and controls and agendas come through them, I cannot be quiet. And like I said, guys, hear what I said earlier. I'm not speaking to the ones on here that are already unhealthy, that would just go in and write somebody off and tell somebody off, tell a leader off. No, but those of you that love and fight for relationships are healthy, are connected to the body of Christ, are connected to mentors. And like, guys, I'm talking to you. It's time for you to rise up. And I'm talking to uh, church government. I'm saying it's time for you to embrace the prophets. And they don't got to look teacherish and you don't got to understand them. You got to start making room for them. They don't got to fit in your lines. You got to create a room for them. You want to see the kingdom of God come. You can have a large church and not have the kingdom of God come in power because the kingdom of God will deal with the demonic. And you can deal with demons. You can have in your own church inner healing ministries and de deliverance ministries, but not deal with the demonic structures in your government because you don't embrace the prophets. Woo! Well... 
The fruit of a prophet is not always at first peace. How can there be peace, Jehu said, when there's Jezebel in the land? There will be peace, but it first has to be pure. Scripture says the wisdom of God in James chapter 3 is first of all pure, then peace-loving. 3 or 4, somewhere right there. Pure, then peace-loving. Sometimes you oh, I want peace. Let's just be at peace. Well, you, you, you're creating such controversy. You need to calm down. No. Don't misinterpret someone's passion for injustice to be dealt with as they're being, them being rebellious, them being lawless. Now, there are some people that have taken liberties in, in my country, in America, and are just lawless. They're just breaking the law. They're just taking advantage of things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking to people that are like the apostles. In the book of Acts chapter, I believe it's chapter four, when they were so full of Jesus and they were getting persecuted and the, the church leaders say, you cannot speak about Jesus anymore. And they were not rebellious. These were loving People, and guys, there's a new frame. There is a new structure that's coming and it's going to bust out of the church system that say, we don't want Jesus in our midst. What does Jesus mean? The anointed one. Yeah, people want the name of Jesus, but they don't want the anointing. Woo! The anointing will break every yoke. How do you know that you really have the anointing? Because it breaks the yoke of lawlessness. People are healthy. Family is healthy. There's not sexual immorality. There's not manipulation. There's not control in the systems of church and business and government. And sometimes, guys, we need to recognize that we have a form of Jesus, but we've denied the power because the power will never deal, never allow. You cannot get into bed with a demon and you have the power of God. When the kingdom of God shows up, demons flee. When the kingdom of God shows up, people's hearts are healed. When the kingdom of God shows up, structures that are not of heaven shake. Why are they shaking? Because God wants them to be settled and built. God wants to build his kingdom in structures, but sometimes they got to shake a little bit because they're not healthy. Leaders shake. Sometimes I come into companies, into churches, and things shake a little bit. People get offended. Some people love me. Some people don't. And I'm a loving person. I had someone tell me this recently. Keith came to their church and they said, Keith, you were the most confrontational speaker we had, but the most loving. Wow, what a compliment. Love and confrontation go hand in hand, guys. The truth in love. It's not one or the other. I'm just truthful. I'm lopping off heads. I don't care what people say. Yeah, I'm not listening and respect. No, I come in and respect leaders. I know how to submit, but I'm not going to submit to a demonic agenda. I'm going to respect someone, honor someone like the apostles. They said, hey, you guys have to decide, temple you know, leaders and, and religious leaders, but we cannot help speaking. They were respectful to them, but they did not stop. They did not obey an agenda that tried to shut them down. And we need to understand the difference. There's a difference between obedience and honor. I can honor you. That means I value you. I value your position. I value this part of you, that's kingdom. But I will not obey the demonic agenda that you're trying to use and put church language over it. Put language. So to get me to comply. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm I will submit in honor, but I will not obey demonic agenda. Woo! Come on, guys. 
Come on, rise up, prophets. Rise up, prophetic people. Rise up, body of Christ. Rise up, true apostles, true prophets. True apostles, take territory. Confront demonic agendas. True prophets speak the truth in love and they walk in team, and but they are not. Guys, I've never been around prophets and apostles that were just all easy peasy to be around. They grew me up. They were loving, they were kind, they were connected in the body of Christ, they were not lone strangers and lone rangers, but they were powerful, they confronted me, and I was intimidated with them at first, but I learned, it's like I need that strength, I need to begin to get comfortable with the apostles and prophets, instead of like, oh, they're too much, you gotta stop. No, the apostles and prophets are meant to be much until people embrace heaven. They're there to pull in heaven at all costs. So I'm praying, Lord, you would give wisdom for people to, to understand and uh, be able to receive this message, how they need to receive it. Let it shake them where it needs to be shaken. Let it cause a revolution where it needs to cause a revolution. Let peace come. And I pray the demons will get off your back, the demons that have been tormenting you, saying you're just too strong, you're too much. You were wrong as a prophet to, you shouldn't say that. Why you, you know, why don't, why don't you just comply? Listen, I wanna just honor you for your voice for your prophetic voice, and, and for those of you that have been unhealthy and dinged up and you have a little rejection, so your voice is carrying rejection on it and you're just making messes in the body of Christ, I just pray that you'll get healed. You'll get healed because your voice is meant to be strong and it's meant to shake things up, but you need to know that you're loved and God put made you a prophet not to torment you and he didn't make you a prophet so you'd be a loner. He made you a prophet so you could be in a company of prophets and apostles and be a part of what God is doing in this earth, shaking things that need to be shaken so his kingdom can come that will not be shaken, that has true peace in it, that has true joy, that has lasting, loving relationships when it's built on, that has abundance, that has a blessing, that has financial reward, that has the kingdom of God will have rewards, but it's gotta be built the right way. Come on, bless you guys. I will talk to you guys again. Peace!